You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today the topic of our podcast is the greatest love of all. And I have to say I am on the road right now in my new camper. I've got a truck camper set up that I absolutely love. So I've upgraded from my van. For those of you who've been following me for a while, I usually leave the hot Arizona climate in the summer and I head to the Northwest or to Colorado. Today, I am in a beautiful place in Sun Valley, Idaho, and I'm out in a beautiful valley recording this podcast. The views are amazing. And this is such a beautiful journey of self-love when we travel alone and we allow ourselves to be guided by that place within that says, yes, go here or stop here or, you know, just, just really being free to take that journey. And a lot of people, when I talk about taking a journey solo like this, flying solo, it brings their stuff up, their fears of, aren't you afraid? Do you carry a gun? What about this? What about that? And you know, when we're fully anchored in that self-loving place, we know we're going to be okay because we're connected with something greater than ourselves. And we know that we're going to be guided. And I've had things go wrong. I've had a blowout of my tire on my first day out. I got locked out of my camper. There's things that go wrong but that's life. It's not that when we get it all together, things aren't going to go wrong. It's what do we do with the things that go wrong? One of the most important lessons we need to learn in life, especially if we are hurt and unsatisfied in our intimate relationships, is to love ourselves. To love ourselves, we need to respect and value ourselves even when others are unable to. Like many of you listening, I've had a lifelong pattern of attracting narcissistic people in my most intimate relationships. And this was to help me to break this pattern of self-depreciation and codependently jumping through hoops in order to try and please another person. It's natural and normal to want to please the ones we love, but where do we draw the line? When pleasing others involves self-sacrifice, we're in the wrong place. In our own wisdom and self-love, we need to be willing and able to identify when we're in the wrong place. A truly empowering relationship will be a harmonious one. It won't involve the kind of conflict, chaos, and drama that we find in narcissistic relationships. Because when you have two people who love themselves 
and respect themselves. That love and respect is naturally given to the other. If we don't fully love and respect ourselves and we're with a partner who doesn't love or respect himself or herself, there's no way that relationship has the power to be a loving, respectful relationship. The ingredients aren't there. That deep abiding love that comes from loving and valuing the self is not there. So many people I work with say that they love the narcissist more than life itself, but they don't love or value themselves. They focus entirely upon that narcissistic person and seek after crumbs of love and attention while completely dismissing their own inner cries for true, authentic love. We can't go on a search for that true, authentic love we long for out there in the world. We will only ever find it within. And this is the challenge that we all face. This is the challenge for all humans, whether codependent, narcissistic, borderline, addicted. Our challenge is always to seek after that deep abiding love within ourselves and stop looking for someone out there to complete us, to rescue us, and give us the love and attention we never got as children. This is truly our life's journey, especially if we find ourselves in unsatisfactory or abusive relationships time and time again. We're being asked to step up and be the one we're waiting for. Find that love that we always want to give away to another and find it within ourselves. We have to stop projecting a fantasy onto a partner, hoping that he or she will offer us what it is we want or need. If we can't find it within ourselves, we surely won't find it outside of ourselves. And this is what we all need to realize. There is no greater love than the love we find within ourselves. Because within ourselves is also our connection to the divine, to God, to source, whatever you want to call it. That divine source is also not to be found outside of ourselves, in a church or a temple. We find it when we realize that the spirit within us that is us is not separate from the source in which it originated. There is a oneness, a connection that can be found deep within us. If we can be still long enough to both feel it and listen for its wisdom and guidance. The reason most of us are not still long enough to find this love or divine source within us is that the layers of fear and pain within us block the flow of that deep abiding love. We're actually the ones who push it away. Because we have these core wounds that tell us we're not enough. We're a bad seed. We're a failure. Love always disappoints. We're ultimately unlovable. Not only do we have the voice of our core wounds, but we also get caught up in our addictions and distractions that help to drown out this voice and the underlying pain that we feel. 
Chaotic, intense, and dramatic relationships are nothing more than an addiction that keeps us fighting against the pain rather than going into it. Those who are suffering from core pain and trauma will either polarize towards victim or perpetrator, either abusing or allowing themselves to be abused. And these abuse dramas keep us separated from our deepest core pain. When we do the right thing out of self-love, which is to end these abuse cycles and control dramas, we begin to feel what has been there all along trying to get our attention. And it's deeply painful. At least with the control dramas, we're under the illusion that we're in love, but really we're in fear and chaos. When recovering from an abusive relationship, we need to continue to gently bring our attention back to ourselves and not focus on the abuser. The abuser is playing out his or her own control drama and escaping their own pain by projecting it onto others and blaming others for how they are feeling inside. This is the perpetrator side of the control drama. The victim side of the control drama absorbs the pain and projections of the perpetrator and believe that they're somehow guilty of wrongdoing. Otherwise, why would they be treated this way? It is their own core pain that tells them somehow they deserve to be devalued, disrespected, and mistreated. The only way we will ever heal is to take 100% responsibility for our own part in the control dramas we find ourselves in. If we find that we're constantly victimized by those closest to us, we need to understand why we are allowing that abuse to continue. Is it our lack of self-worth? Is it our belief that we deserve to be treated this way? Is it our fear of abandonment preventing us from leaving? Once we can identify what our role in the control drama is, we can change it. And usually when we change our role, the relationship itself is likely to come to an end because abusers need to abuse. And if you refuse to allow yourself to be disrespected, devalued, or mistreated in any way, the abuse can't continue. The abuser, if not capable of self-reflection or accountability, will simply find someone else to abuse. What I so often see in the fallout of a relationship with a narcissistic person is that those who are breaking the patterns of abuse by walking away get caught up in the drama of the narcissist rather than bringing their focus back to their own healing. If you are someone who walked away from abuse, be grateful that you no longer have to tolerate those abusive cycles. Focus on yourself and your own healing. We really need to adopt the opinion that it doesn't matter that the narcissist is off finding someone else to abuse. Why would anybody envy this? Because now the new victim is getting those crumbs of love, attention, and approval that you once received. Do you really envy that? Why do you want crumbs when you can have it all? Some say that hope is the last thing that goes 
in an abusive relationship, that we hold out for hope that things will change. But who we are really hoping will change is the abuser. We may have adopted a belief that if we are only loving enough, understanding enough, kind enough, gentle enough, that person will appreciate us and value us, thereby offering us the love that we crave. But it doesn't work this way. We need to be willing to give up hope that the other will ever change and find that hope for ourselves that we will change. We will change when we stop allowing others to mistreat us. We will change when we stop hurting ourselves by putting ourselves in harm's way. We change when we learn to see what is rather than what we want it to be. It's our own change that we need to seek after, not the change of the other. That is his or her business. And if that person never changes, that's his or her journey to continue the repeating cycle with the same person or with another. But it's no longer our journey because we've learned to say no to abuse. Our journey is to liberate ourselves from our own worn out patterns. We learn to see what is there instead of what we wish was there. We learn to see the reality instead of the fantasy. We learn to see our own tendency to project a fantasy onto a relationship that doesn't have the emotional maturity to offer us anything real. It's often the death of the fantasy that hurts more than the actual death of a relationship because that relationship is often kept alive by fantasy, a belief that we will finally have all our needs for love, acceptance, attention, and adoration met by this fantasy partner. We need to continue to remind ourselves that what we seek is truly within us. When we can find that love within ourselves, we stop the search for the one who will finally give us what we've been lacking. Our wholeness comes not only in learning to love ourselves, but embracing our emotions, both light and dark. The inner child which is the part of us that carries all of our repressed emotions, needs to be brought to light. We need to learn how to rescue her or him from the shadows and hold that child while it brings us all of its pain, trauma, and fear. Now, most people would say, well, why would I want to do that? That sounds awful. The answer is, you will always be running from the pain until you turn around and face it head on. Embracing the inner child is the same as embracing all the pain you never fully allowed yourself to feel. So the journey to awakening to our deepest true selves is a journey through pain and trauma. We don't just get to wake up one morning and be happy. We need to feel the sorrow and the grief before we can fully open to the joy and ecstasy of life. One of the most important parts of self-love is to love and embrace the inner child, the part of us that holds our emotional nature. 
Instead of pushing her back into the shadows, let her come out and share the horrors of her experiences as a child, whether it be abuse, neglect, or abandonment. When we can integrate the child with the adult, we begin to find our wholeness. As we integrate all the dark feeling emotions that we've been running from, we no longer have to run and we can find peace in just being with what is there, whatever it is. It is in welcoming and integrating our deepest pain that we find our wholeness. We don't find it out there in another person's promises of love. We find it in here in our promise and commitment to self-love. When we become truly whole within ourselves by welcoming all of who we are, we will naturally migrate to and attract other whole people. We'll no longer be half a person looking for another half a person to complete us. Life is meant to be shared. We don't have to go it alone. Although sometimes going it alone is important. Taking that solo journey is the journey to truly know ourselves, love ourselves, and embrace ourselves exactly as we are. We get to know our darkness and our light and love it all. We develop that amazing relationship with our inner selves, all aspects of us. And once we've fully embraced all of who we are, we can build our community with people who truly love, respect, and care about us. In narcissistic society, we try to extract love where it is not. We try to get approval from those who can't see you, let alone approve of you. We try to get positive attention from those who can only attend to their own wants, needs, and desires. We try and be seen by those who project their darkness upon us. We seek to be valued by those who devalue us. This game has to stop. And we are the ones to stop it. The game of trying to get our needs met from those who are incapable of meeting them has to stop. We have to stop dancing with people who consistently step on our toes. For a time, we need to learn to dance alone. And this dance may involve dancing with the shadow, dancing with the inner child, dancing with our pain, our fear, and our feelings of insecurity. But in the end, that dance can become an ecstatic dance as we unleash the full spectrum of our emotions, allowing the joy to move in and fill the places the sadness once occupied. When you find your wholeness, you no longer feel a need to seek after a partner because you have self-partnered and have learned to love the dance of the self with the divine. I once had a therapist who asked me the question, Kalia, what is it you want a relationship to do for you? How often do we ask ourselves this question? It's a pretty important question. My answer was mostly to provide companionship, but I had to get honest with myself that I was placing a lot of expectation upon my relationship partner to fulfill me. And of course, my choice of relationship partners always placed very high expectations upon me to fulfill them. And in the end, neither of us got what we had hoped for and walked away disappointed in the relationship. 
Perhaps when we can change our expectations of what we want that relationship partner to do for us, we can truly change the dynamic. I now know that I'm good on my own. I love my alone time and love to travel and journey alone. It's a sacred and beautiful time. I find a lot of peace and moments of joy that can come with watching a mountain or a sunset or sitting by a river. I love to sit in the silence. So what do I want a relationship to do for me? I would now say, I don't want a relationship to do anything for me. I'm self-sufficient. I can do for myself. But if I ever get involved in a relationship again, it will be to share the peace, love, and joy that I'm finding within myself. It will be with someone who's willing and emotionally capable of sharing from that space of self-love. The greatest love of all is truly the love that we find within ourselves, with our inner child, and with the divine source of all love. As Whitney Houston, God rest her soul, sang, the greatest love of all is easy to achieve. I found the greatest love of all inside of me. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like more information about my work, my books, my audios, my counseling, and hypnotherapy services, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Have a beautiful day. Love yourself, love life, and I'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you.